Um, you know what? If you if you talk for a second there, if we can kind of <laughs> fill in the void with a little conversation, or I could just uh, edit this might, out. It know? might could, just come to me. Or you just, might edit it out. Just it, it's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, anything can really happen. You know, with this this it, it, podcast and the internet, you, can you might just, actually find it faster if you stop talking. So, <laughs> <That's possible. laughs> just just a suggestion. That's all. Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Along with me is my co-host and one of the greatest geeks in the world. Elizabeth Wallace. And we're straight out of the internet. What? Straight, <laughs> straight out? Oh, you're doing the straight out of Compton yeah. thing. Got it. Okay. All right. You missed I'm me for a minute there. So. Trying to be hip with the kids. It's been out for like two days. Isn't it old now? Uh, <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, it will definitely be old. Everybody will have Every possible... About it, Incarnation uh, will have been done, and people yeah. will be tired of it. Yeah, yeah. I I had fun going on Instagram and looking up all the nerd ones. You know, straight out of Hogwarts, straight mm. out of Narnia, straight out of Cybertron. Cybertron. Yeah, let's say that right. I like the straight out of Night Vale uh, that you guys did. Yeah, that was fun that too. That was fun. That was good. That was yeah, good. Yeah, had yeah. somebody had to do it. So yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, again, not a whole lot going on in the uh, general nerdosphere for uh, big time news. It seems that uh, what everybody is kind of talking about is how not good Fantastic Four is. Yeah. I I kind of knew that I wasn't going to see this one in the theater. I do want to see it eventually, but now I'm almost revising that eventually thing. You know, because, what is it, IGN called it? Aggressively mundane? Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing that people have said about it is it's watchable. Yeah, from yeah. several completely different people, both like professional, re- like movie reviewers, and not uh, the, the common compliment yeah. that they give the movie is like it's watchable. Yeah, that's the it, best thing they say about it is it's not as bad as you've heard. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, people are saying that it's. Uh, it, it makes the first couple look look better by comparison. I, you know, I did talk to a coworker who said that he went back and watched the first one, and he's like, "If you go into it not expecting very much, it's actually kind of a fun movie." And I'm like, eh, "That's not what people are saying about yeah. this movie." So, I don't like, know. I've always been kind of a supporter of the of the original ones. Like, they're full of problems. Yeah. But one, you have to kind of put in context the time. Like, it's before the Marvel movies came out, and really. The Marvel movies, Iron Man, is a milestone oh, yeah. in this superhero film genre oh, that we definitely. have now. Yeah. It raised the bar tenfold. Yeah. So everything before that, I feel, is unfair to compare to anything that we've, we've had. And so I feel Fantastic Four tells the origin story fairly faithfully, mm-hmm. takes some liberties... I think I think the thing looked great even then. Yeah. You know, some people want to, you know, bag on him a little bit, but look at what we just did. Yeah. What um when did the first one come out? 2005. Okay, so that's why they said that in the review that we watched. They were talking about the special effects in this movie and they said the effects kind of look like 2005, not 2015. They're not bad, but compared to what we've been doing so far lately, they just don't hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, they they take the ultimate Fantastic Four story, which I get the ultimate world was to freshen things up, to take things that we kind of just took with with 
so much other nonsense and like this is science, right? Right. Um, let's update it a bit and yeah, make let's, it edgier. Let's 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 have it make more sense. Like the Ultimate Universe, they did do some trans-dimensional stuff and powers appear and whatnot. Um, I think it, actually, I think it's it's fair to say before anything, neither one of us have seen the movie. No, because neither one of us are really trying to see this movie. No, no. And I, yeah, there was a possibility of me seeing Fantastic Four this weekend just on a lark. And then someone's like, how about we go see Mission Impossible instead? I'm like, that's a much better there we idea. Go. That there was, we go. And that was fun. I did yeah. like that one. So. Uh, number one movie at the box office um, in its second week. Yep. yep. Um, beating uh, Fantastic Four, uh, I guess... We can say by we have to say by an estimated because the weekend's not over for us. Sure, but by an estimated three million dollars. Yeah, that kind of hurts. Yeah. So, yeah, Ant Man's still hanging in there. Is like it five or six somewhere yeah. somewhere around the middle? I saw. When, I heard when we that. Looked it up. I heard that money wise, like it, it's doing fine. I think it made up its budget and everything, but that compared to the other. Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, it's going to be considered a flop money-wise. I'm like, that seems harsh, you know? Are we comparing it to Avengers? That doesn't seem very fair. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it, it seems unfair to even compare it to um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was Marvel's other kind of long shot. Sure. Because I just feel, okay, they both have characters the general public don't know very well. Right. But with Guardians, you still have space and aliens uh you've got one of the if not the hottest actor making films right now nothing against paul rudd who no. is amazing yes. and i love him to death uh but he is not um chris pratt no no and this movie i mean like chris hardwick keeps talking about it because he really enjoyed it and he's like this is sort of I don't know, maybe a little bit of a relief from the big, overblown, super-powered movies that we've had lately. This is really more of, like, a character, fun, interesting, cool special effects, but on a much more scaled-down thing. So he said it's it's good, and I tend to trust his opinion. Yeah, Yeah. um, I hear it commonly referred to as, like, uh, kind of a superhero heist film. Okay, I'll take that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, And unfortunately, I still haven't seen Ant-Man yet. No, me neither. But I will... I will. I want to see it on the big screen. I got a feeling that's the best place to see it. Have you listened to the Nerdist episode with Paul Rudd? I have. He's, it was really, it was awesome. So cool. The two of them really got along very, very well. Yeah, yeah it's fun. <laughs> I like, I like the um, the dead dad talk. Honestly, that, honestly, and that, and what is it? Bob Saget is that who it was? Bob Saget was on there at one point, and they kind of started talking about the dead parents thing too, which is very sad. It's terrible. It is, but they both cope with things with very black humor, and I'm like at my desk crying, laughing, listening to them talk about it. So it's like they're they're pretty. Um, they're pretty, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Well-adjusted, yes, I guess, you know, yes. in their own very dark way. It's cathartic way. to them. It is, it yeah. is. That's how they handle things, so, but, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this Fantastic Four, it's, I guess it's not as bad as we kind of thought it, it would be. Or maybe, or maybe it is. That's going to be on a person-by-person, you know, individual opinion. Um, I will see it eventually, I guess. On Netflix? Sure. Sure, yeah. Because yeah. I'm paying the money per month yeah. anyway, so I'll take advantage so of that. So really, yeah. I can watch anything on Netflix and not feel bad yeah. that one particular thing has uh, is something on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just ran through a list of bad movies last week. <laughs> I'm not bad movies, but I haven't really... I mean, everybody talks about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and mm-hmm. I really just haven't been paying attention. I'm like, man, I watched the first couple, season, uh, first couple episodes of the first season hadn't really been impressed so I've been having it on as background noise mm-hmm. and I finished the first season 
and then I watched the first episode of the second season. Mm-hmm. And that's where Fitz is talking to Simmons through the whole time, and then they get to the end of that episode, and you realize what's been going on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have to watch all of these episodes. <laughs> oh, man, that was just... That felt like it was written by Joss Whedon. I know yeah. his brother is, like, the front runner of that show, but that episode, I'm like, oh, you just kicked me right in the field. Yeah. So Netflix is good for the ones where I'm like, eh, I'm not going to like this. Ooh, I liked it. If you, yeah, if you have the patience to, to wait for something, yes. then uh, Netflix... I have actually... I, I also have Hulu. Like, Hulu and Netflix are the only way I watch things now. And Hulu is kind of frustrating because it has these things where you can watch the entire season and all previous seasons. Yes. And then it has everything else where it's like, well, you can watch the last four recent episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck. I'm the kind of guy, I need to go back to the beginning to watch it. And then I need to watch it all the way to the end. Right. I've got shows I'm not really enjoying, but I'm still like, well, i got to go to the end of the season. Exactly. You have to put in that commitment. I'm the type of person who it's like, Five episodes is not enough for how far behind I am on all my TV. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like two or three seasons behind on everything. But eh, that's okay. Not enough hours in the day. We've said it before. Yeah. Uh, along the lines of what we've been talking about, uh, we've had the discussion of Thing in Pants. Oh, God. Which, <laughs> like, we really, we just left it on the table as like, hey, isn't it weird he ain't wearing pants? Mm-hmm. Which we agreed, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is weird. Like, it's, it's definitely... It's though, weird. He's a man. Though tidy whities probably wouldn't have looked any better, I suppose. But nah, you know. well, I've never been a fan of the blue Speedos. Right. But the blue, like, trunk shorts? Sort of the boxer briefs? Yeah, the yeah, boxer briefs. Sure, I'm, like, sure, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. Uh, Nerdist took it uh, three or four steps farther. Oh, boy, did they ever. And they made this great video of... Uh, Where's the thing's dick? Yeah, exactly. Like, does he have one anymore? Maybe yeah. he's got a vagina now. It's kind of hard it's, to tell. It's this great little, like, three-minute uh, little skit that, that they did. Uh, just kind of saying what we're all thinking. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Elaborating elaborating on it a, a little more. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, different theories. Yes. And does it's, he have a cat's penis now? It's or? a great nerd conversation, because you can imagine a lot of people having this conversation, except... You've got one of them. It's the the other three of the Fantastic Four having this conversation. Like, where is his penis now? And shouldn't he be wearing clothes? Does he he fire off rocks now? Seriously. (laughs) Can he kill somebody in sex? God, it was really, it was very, very funny. But it was also, it was nicely filmed. Like, really good production values on that thing, you know? They just don't mess around. No, they really don't. They got that legendary money back there. They're like in the middle of some great big sci-fi battle and everything. And they're having this conversation about it. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. But most of it's them sitting around eating cereal. So yeah, yeah, it's it really it's a conversation that has been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman and Lois, uh, thing, and uh, I guess Alicia Masters. Yeah, we've like talked these- we've talked before. There's a, a Larry Niven article called. Man of Steel, Women of Kleenex, and it's about how <laughs> Superman has sex, and is that even possible? It's really, really funny. Like all the things that would have to happen in order for him to have sex with a normal person, and God forbid she gets pregnant, the baby's yeah. probably going to kick its way out. I'm like, ah, oh, this is making me so uncomfortable, but it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, really, there's got to be a whole science to it. Oh yeah, oh definitely. I mean, this one got into all like the details of exactly like. Would a kryptonite condom help, you know, to keep him from being, his sperm from being too powerful? So, um, yeah. I guess, I guess if it, you, you would have to maybe dilute it because the fact that it'd be kryptonite would weaken him 
all together. Exactly, exactly. So like, they were like, it's a very specific kryptonite that only affects the sperm and not the rest of yeah. it. So yeah, like you, you'd have to do. I think the most logical answer would be the red sun room. Okay, that would be all right. So turning yeah. in more human. Yeah, right. and then you could use a regular uh, condom because then if she actually got pregnant, that baby thusly would be uh, too strong and uh, a la mall rats. Um, Lois could be getting a suntan and the baby could kick right through her. Exactly. They were talking about if he was going to have a baby, you would have to have another uh, person of his own race to have it. And they're like, Supergirl? And it's like, well, now we're getting into incest. And it's just taking it very weird. But this is what nerds talk about. It's true. It's true. Yeah, watching the video, I'm like... This feels like home. <laughs> it really does. This, this, this. Like, we've all been thinking yeah. all of this. You know, the whole thing about, does he have balls anymore? Well, he's got yeah. a whole pile of rocks down there. Maybe two of those rocks are more sensitive than the other ones. <laughs> that, was like, that was awesome. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, I'm sure more lampooning of this film uh, is going to come out rather than uh, praise. Yeah, unfortunately. And the director is not helping himself by... It's funny, he, he made a tweet about, you know, a year ago I had this idea for the movie and you're probably never going to see it, basically blaming the studio. Yeah. He deleted it, but not before several screen caps were gone. Oh, no. you it have is to out be, there. You have to be careful about that kind of stuff. It doesn't, you change your mind, you better hope nobody thought to grab evidence yeah. first. But. Um, yeah, he's kind of kicking sand and, and pouting around. Um, Miles Teller, I believe it is, uh, who plays Mr. Fantastic, is also kind of been talking some shit about uh, the studios and how the um, the movie the like the movie could have been better, the movie would have been better if if not for this and that. Right. Which I get it. Maybe maybe the studios did come in. Sure. Maybe they did make changes. Sure. Marvel, at least, is known for kind of being more directed by producers than the director. Right. But the movie is just out. Maybe you, maybe you sit tight on some of those opinions and yeah. wait for people to make up their own mind before you automatically start driving people to, like, curb their, their uninterest or their right. lack of enthusiasm. You do kind of want people, I mean, good or bad, you sort of want the movie to recap its budget. That's not going to happen if the director is sitting here saying, you're never going to see the movie that I wanted you to see. And I'm like... The director and actor are bashing the movie the weekend it came out. And that's... Apologize for it five years later. Sure, sure. And that that happens all the time. But, you know, I don't know. In their defense, though, it's got to be really hard. They put a lot of work into this. And I'm sure before it even came out, they were looking at, like, the early reels of it and were like, this isn't what we wanted. Sure, sure. I think Miles Teller might be able to come out of this movie relatively okay, yeah. even with the even if he is kind of shit talking. Yeah. Um, but Josh Trank, who does not have a lot under his belt, and I don't think enough. Um, like he did Chronicle, and Chronicle is actually a pretty great movie. I don't think uh, he's going to come out of this very clean. Well, you don't, you know, bash the the people who were paying yeah. their salary. You don't buy the hand yeah. feeds. You no. absolutely don't, but nah, that's that's fine. Anyway, yeah. but, you know. Uh, so uh, if you guys have any opinions about the movie, uh, let us know, because, like, I'm curious for the people, for the person who hates it more than uh, any other thing out there, to the person uh, who loves it and thinks that uh, it's getting a bad rap, uh, I'd like to hear absolutely both sides. Definitely. That way I don't have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as the things that we have been excited about, we are enjoying, uh, and to talk positively about, for the rest of this podcast, <laughs> uh, our favorite book, um, at least one of our favorite books, yes. uh, came out. Little Marvel AVX number three came out. Scotty Young, bless your heart, bless man. Your hilarious heart. 
He's just so... And it's so for the fans. Like, all these tiny... Like, you've got them trying to convince these twins to either come to the X-Men or come to the Avengers. They've seen the X-Men side, they go to the Avengers, and there's even a thing that touches on the fact that Spider-Man and Wolverine are over there. And they're like, are you guys Avengers? And Wolverine's like... Don't tell Cyclops, you know, but it's just really, really Wolverine fun. can't resist a bounce house. That's right, exactly, which yeah. is made out of Spidey's Spidey webs, webs. which yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, really, all, all praise deservedly goes to Scotty Young. He's writer and artist, so everything you're seeing is delightful because of him. Yes. Um, but just like like you were saying, all these little, um, these little nods, this perfect pitch that he has, this, this tone that carries through the whole movie... That is both uh, ridiculous, but clearly rooted in, in child logic. Yes. Like, if if you took Scotty Young and took off what I imagine is a giant trench coat and hat, and there were three children on their shoulders inside, yes. I would totally believe it. Absolutely. It would make more sense. Yes, it really would. And he would draw it, and it would be hilarious, and everybody would have very cool <laughs> expressions on their faces, so... It's where the expressions are where it really gets me. Just people yeah. looking like disgusted or happy or pissed off or you name it. It's just really... The bit about, what is it, Captain America was off in the little weight room by himself looking all bummed out. Because yeah. he just, he's like... Because all he wants to do is like work out and train and Push-ups stuff like and everything. That. He said, maybe you don't want to do push-ups, but Tony's goatee isn't going to keep the pounds off by itself. Yeah. It's so cute. It really is um, cute. Yeah, I like this, uh, this page. The... Um, as, as we're going through the X-Men mansion first, uh, Cyclops is given the tour. They have a 400-inch television, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which uh, is not 3D, because 3D are for non-mutant normies. No. Uh, they have 6D, mm-hmm. which in fact makes it dangerous. Yes, which means the TV can yeah. kill you. Uh, and Fing Fang Foom, who I love as a joke, or as a character that kind of is reference to the background. I really don't care about Fing Fang Foom if he was to have his own book. Yes. Um, but to see him just pop out of the TV and <laughs> attack, you know, a handful of X-Men watching... I don't know what I would love to be Fing Fang Foom versus uh, Godzilla yeah, film. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. He's definitely trouncing a city someplace. That's what it should be. Amazing things like Iceman roller coasters and the fastball <laughs> special. <laughs> that was really funny. Wolverine's yeah. like, it's awesome. You've yeah. got to try it. Like, why is this fun again? And, all right, in the background uh, of the fastball special page is just... Kitty Pride trying to walk Lockheed phasing through a tree. That's not there for anything. No, no. That's not there for any for anybody other than those who see it and be like, ha. That's- Scotty Young is amazing at burying all this stuff in there. I mean, you can just sit there and stare at all the pages and pick up things that you missed the first time around. Yeah. The twins get turned into mutants, and there's this beautiful splash page, two-page splash page of the danger room. It looks beautiful. <sighs> I would, I would really for gorgeous. Page, for yeah. these two pages. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, eventually we then get the, the, the fair shake. We go to the Avengers mansion. I like this uh, frost giant. Yeah. They also had a paintball fight, which is really, that was very beautiful. It all. <laughs> just really lovely. It all just makes sense. It's, it's, it's this, this, the, like I said, the child logic. Yes. The child logic, no matter how outlandish, always seems to be rooted in the kind of Tex Avery, Looney Tunes kind of, kind of a world where like, all right, you've you've led me there, and you've kind of connected these pieces. As insane as they may be, it all still works. It's all still super fun. Scotty Young definitely never completely grew up. You can tell he's no. got so much in touch with his kid side. Yeah. I like the argument going on with the twins too. They, you know, 
Tony tries to make them a robot that they control with their telepathic twin powers. They're like, you know, twins don't work that way. It's like, ah, you're such a kidder. Now, seriously, make with the telepathic twin powers. (laughs) (laughs) Which I kind of, I was kind of thinking it might have been like a Pacific Rim joke at first until I realized, no, this is just solely about twin power. But then even though, so it's such an off the wall book and it's hilarious and it's funny and it's silly and goofy, but we still saw a little bit of the idea that this world has a border that they can't get past. And they're asking, well, why is that? So, I mean, once again, even in something that's clearly a very humorous, very funny book and the whole Secret Wars thing, it still piles into the greater mythos and the cracks are showing in the seams and all that kind of stuff. In in all the the Secret World. Yeah, like this book really doesn't need Secret World at all. I mean, we've we've had this book before and it it was great then as it is great now. But uh, yeah, like the, the, the twins get shot up and they hit the sky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, hit the roof of the sky yep. and, and they're kind of questioning like hey what's what's the deal <laughs> why does the sky stop so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean just fuck this this book is just so great <laughs> uh, but it looks like we'll have the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy which is uh, lovely but yeah which they all look adorable yes. as, as they always would I wonder if by. Scotty Young and Brian Kessinger hang out they've got like a similar style you know yeah both kind of very very animated yeah um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if not for like I don't know maybe locale or something. They're, they're they're definitely Facebook buddies. Yeah, they're definitely you know messaging. Exactly. Um, I'd love to go to like just fly on the wall of the Marvel Summit where like all the all the big artists and creators go to just hang out and they yeah. they pitch ideas and stuff like this is where um, like Secret Wars is that's where that kind of stuff is born. I have to assume there there are these little groups that form, and I would I would just put money on it that uh, both Scotty Young and uh, Kissinger they have to be hanging out. Oh, they do, they do. They're absolutely right. They're like, yeah. what if we had a great big paintball fight between the little Avengers and the little X Men and everything? And what would happen? Who would get tagged out and who would get hit in the face? And yeah. you know, it's yeah. They, like, they, I feel I feel like Fraction and Remender are probably hanging out. True, using lots of big words with uh, um, uh, shit. He's writing Secret Wars, and I can't remember his name. Starts with an H. Mm, that guy. I don't know. I've been all about the Bendis lately. I'm just I like, I want to see what he does next, and I want to get the new Eminent. Who's Eminent hanging out with? Eminent's probably hanging out with who's our who's who are some of our other favorite artists? Boshlo. Boshlo. That's what it is. Eminent and Boshlo hang out. I like that idea. They're doodling it on napkins, and it'd be stuff you'd want yeah. to frame. Like they're the 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 styles are not similar, um, but they respect each other's significant styles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, please forgive the grocery cart in the alley. <laughs> Sorry. We live in an urban area. Yeah. So we're just adding to the atmosphere of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, Kissinger, group number three uh, came out. Not a Secret Wars book. One of the handful that just exist out. Because they're like, they know that he's going to make Marvel all the money. And they're like, yeah, just draw yeah, a book about Groot and people will buy it and have at it. Do whatever you want. The the Rocket Raccoon book has also been out of the Secret Wars continuity. And really, off of the success of that one, we have um, with Kessinger, but uh, the writer is Loveless, who I know he's done other Marvel work. Let's give the proper credit. Jeff Loveness uh, with um, Brian Kessinger, uh, Vero Gandini uh, is the colorist. 
uh, and no inker. So Brian Kessinger's doing the ink. And actually, we follow uh, him Kessinger on um, Instagram. Yep, and I follow actually, his uh, his DeviantArt page too. So which yeah. is actually a delight. It is. He does the Adventures of Otto and Victoria, which is a uh, green-haired Victorian woman and her pet octopus. Mm-hmm. So, very yeah, steampunk. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, so the last uh, group episode issue, um, he ran across uh, Norrin Rand, the Silver Surfer, uh, and his pal Don, who I can't explain to you. I don't yeah. know. I know probably less about Silver Surfer than I do about any other Marvel character, I think. Um, it be safe to say. I know that I would get him confused with Iceman all the time. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're both like, very silver-colored, and they both kind of surf around a little bit. You know? All right. So, I see it. Yeah. I see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like a, maybe if the artist doesn't really do his, 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 his job in making the characters look unique. I always figured I that's it. why Iceman lately has been more on the craggy ice cube side, you know, as opposed to the sense. smooth ice side. They're trying to make him different. Uh, even when he's a snowman, he wears. He's at least wearing some trunks. That's true. Silver Surfer. Well, Silver no. Surfer is. Too, yes, he is. He's got a little silver speedo. True. They yeah. they draw him with the silver speedo, yeah. which I don't know why. Yeah, it's probably because they want to avoid the whole nerdist conversation going. Maybe. I mean, does Silver Surfer have a penis anymore? We don't know. All those cosmic he, rays. It might have gotten blasted off. He so. used to be an alien man. He it's had a, uh, an alien wife. You have to assume there's some kind of sexual reproductive organs going but on. But we always assume it's going to work the same way as our. Sexual reproductive organs. That's exactly just because they're bipedal and they look kind of human doesn't mean they have to be. So, true, you know. true. Maybe they just shake hands vigorously. <laughs> Could be. It's all asexual reproduction <laughs> and everything. They just bud, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Groot. The entire concept of the book is that Groot's been separated from Rocket, and uh, he's on a path to try to try and find him. He has a little tracking um, machine that mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that is is telling him where to go and. Mm-hmm. He goes from hitching rides on uh, buses, getting kicked off. Um, the having the, the small vocabulary doesn't help. No, but I think what's really great for the reader, uh, who I feel usually we kind of always know the intent of what Groot is saying. Yeah. Uh, in this book, they've been using the "I am Groot," blowing up the font, and inside of it, putting in simple images right. that, that kind of uh, encapsulate. What he's trying to explain. Right. Which I guess if you were talking to Groot, he's got a pretty expressive voice. That's probably what a lot of people would do. They're just like, well, I can sense that you're upset about yeah, something, you yeah. know, in your I am Groot way. But yeah. I mean, if, if Vin Diesel can can make those three words sound like a lot. Yeah. In, in which he completely does. Which I never would have thought that he could have. Yeah. I was one of the people who was poo-pooing it. I was just like, really? Vin Diesel's going to be saying three words the entire movie? Yeah. Yeah. Or Five words, technically. We got a couple extra words there towards the end. Yeah. We are. Oh, we are. Yeah. 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 I was thinking, like, should we, shouldn't there only be four? Oh, nope. You're nope. Right, that's a, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Because I was just focusing on the way. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they made up with the um, uh, Silver Surfer, who looks very much like the uh, Mike Alred uh, Silver Surfer that has also been continuing mm. to, to grow. I just can't. I can't get in on Mike Alred's work. Yeah, I'm I'm not real familiar with it. I did like the the, the few things that I know about Silver Surfer. He's talking to Groot and he's going into this long soliloquy and his friends like, "Stop, you're yeah. surferizing, okay? We don't have time for like a 40-page diatribe that you're going to put out." Space soliloquy. Here. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That was a great yeah. Line. yeah. But, you know, Groot's a friendly guy. He's, you know, he's made of flowers, so you know, the the three of them team up, they kind of sift through space and they're kind of they're trying to help out uh, Groot as he follows the 
direction that uh, Rocket's been taken in. And we get a nice little uh, montage of uh, weird space stuff mm-hmm. uh, until we talk and talk and talk. <laughs> yeah. I think there's that special okay. Yeah, the, his his little device fizzles out, and he's very upset. And so Silver Surfer decides to sort of comfort him, and then we get like several pages of Silver Surfer talking about how it's good to do good. That's yeah. how you can sort of sum it all up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, they find a planet which honestly actually just looked like a rock. I did too. We, I was like, what, like, what is that? No. Like they, no. they took so much concern for this rock. I'm like, why are we caring? That doesn't look like a life giving. It's planet far away. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but we see that it's um it's in like a weird cosmic storm and there's life on that planet so we have to go save them. Yay. And uh so this planet full of pig people, pig farmers, mm-hmm. go down and Silver Surfer and Groot and Dawn too, they all go and they they do their superhero thing. Yeah. Which uh you know, like it's there's there's this overlying theme to this to this issue that uh, is really like a, a tale to take to heart. It's that even if things seem bad, even if something bad has happened to you, this still leads to good if you can allow it. Exactly. Um, Silver Surfer, in his space soliloquies, <laughs> at least twice, yes, uh, kind of points out that if you weren't separated by your, with with your friend then you wouldn't have come to meet us. And we're friends, and that's a good thing. And if you didn't come to meet us, then maybe we wouldn't have come to find this planet in peril and save them. Yep, yep. So it's it's this nice kind of parable. A little bit, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Isn't that word right? Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Metaphor? Kind of, I think you had it right with parable. But unfortunately... It turns out the space storm that they saved everyone from was actually a trap set by a multi-dimensional being, I suppose. He's like, you know, I was hoping you were going to come and find this and my, use my cosmic powers to suck you dry. Is this a guy that we know? No, I've never heard of this guy. Okay, right, right. He's, yeah, he's kind of just a, a, a weirdo. Yeah. Um, who then kind of is feeding off of... Um, Silver Surfer, and we actually kind of there's a, there's a page where his silver is starting to to peel off, mm-hmm. uh, and you see the uh, the kind of alien inside. There he is, yeah. Because uh, like Norn Rand, who is the name of the who's the real name of Silver Surfer, comes from a planet that looks very much like us. Which I don't think I ever knew that. I think I assumed he was human. This is how little I know yeah. about Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. I I know very little as well. It's the couple of things I get from cartoons uh, and even his own name just for some reason sticks in my head from the old Overpower days. Because right. there was a Silver Surfer hero and one of his cards was like him as a normal person called Norn Rad. There you go. Yeah. Um, but long story short, Groot saves the day. Yeah, Groot saves the day. They electrify uh, the bad guy proving that electricity is the worst thing to... Or, or maybe the best weapon, I should say, I to guess. fight anything. Okay, right. uh, it's it's one of Superman's slight weaknesses. Okay, yeah, I don't think I knew that. I knew magic and kryptonite. I didn't know electricity. Magic and was kryptonite in. Uh, and enough electricity. Okay, but you uh, can say that about anything. Pump true. enough electricity into it, and you'll really knock them on their ass. Yeah, uh, and in the end, you know, Groot goes off to to save his buddy. And yeah, then, because the pig people that he helped um, are good with electricity. Uh, apparently, they're yeah. like little ugnots from uh, Star oh, Wars. Yeah. That's good. I can do that. That's yeah. how I Except them. a little, a little more attractive than the Ugnats. So yeah, yeah, they're a they're a weird looking alien race. Yes, yes, they are. Like, I mean, I, I suppose a lot of the um, Star Wars aliens aren't that pretty, 
Mm, but true. They're they're especially kind of gross. Yeah, most of them always seem like. We need to give you a, a Kleenex to wipe your nose a little bit. You've yeah, got to look snotty. Yeah, exactly, right? I know they were doing that because it's like, no, no, because we're using practical effects. We want them to look organic. I'm like, yeah, blow your nose. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's it's one thing when it's a monster like a Rancor. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Oh, that, that's a monster. Like, yeah. that's a wild beast. Sure, sure. Uh, but, like, the Yuck Nuts, mm. and I don't want to be racist to fictional characters, <laughs> but... They're just all ugly. Yeah, that's right. They probably think we're ugly too. That's hopefully fine. they do. They probably that think all humans fair. look alike. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, other blasts from the past. Hey, segue. <laughs> nice, good, good yeah. job. Very nice. Um, Age of Apocalypse number two came out to just more amazing '90s art goodness. Oh, Sandoval has really channeled. The Joe Mad style he from really that is. book. He really, I mean, I kept forgetting from time to time, but that had to have been a conscious effort. There, it's so, it's beautiful, and the colors really pop, and all the characters look the way I remember them from Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. So it's really, it's funny. It's been so long, I couldn't really remember what the storyline was in Age of Apocalypse, except for the fact that things had gone very bad. Yeah, we've kind of been going. Like, between so many worlds so quickly, uh, and some of the books are coming out at different paces than the other, uh, the recap for this book was that um, Apocalypse is trying to capture um, uh, Cypher, who, uh, who his mutant power is simply to understand all written and spoken languages, right. which in this book actually also works out that he can read the intent like the, the the true meaning of what people say right so sometimes in his own monologue um, or his own caption boxes he's translating what other people are saying yep so he's on apocalypse's radar i guess for this sole reason because apocalypse is working on a virus that will kill all humans right right and i guess simply because there's one person out there who can expose this secret that um, he he wants him. It's it's actually kind of real flimsy. Yeah, I I almost got the idea. You could also say that the reason why Apocalypse wants him is because the other mutants who are fighting him want him, and he doesn't want them to have it. That's all. It just seems it like could spite. Be, you it know? could also be that simple. Yeah. This is a very '90s comic book. It really is. Yeah. Plot plot arcs not nearly as important as how bonkers things will look. And just to be able to see all of our favorite characters but see him in that 90s Age of Apocalypse yeah. style, thats it's like that's the whole excuse for this book is to be able to do that. You're like, hey, remember this? Wasn't this cool? Let's do it again. Like, is it is it still exaggerating when it's the norm? Like, it's hard can't, to tell, yeah. Can't you just, like, isn't there a point where you just exaggerate so much where it's just normal and thusly the word exaggeration doesn't apply anymore. I guess, but you've got... This is like a different kind of exaggeration than the X-Men 92. That one is like... Sure. Ex, you know, exaggeration to the point of parody. That's exaggeration of, like, character. Exactly. Like this is the, I'm clearly talking about the art here. Like. Right. But that's the thing. It's like, it is so exaggerated, but you know that it's calling back to the original Age of Apocalypse, but mm-hmm. it's not really making fun of it. It's yeah. just like, no, we're trying to really, really capture this to the point of almost being ridiculous, but it's how it looked back then, so... Eh. Yeah. Anyway. Like... I know in Old Man Logan, we kind of crossed over into um, the Age of Apocalypse world for a second before right. he Logan picks a fight with somebody else and ends up in another place. Yep. But to think like all these worlds, because they have one artist, um, like that's just, if you walked into it, that's how it would, how it would look. Like, 
like if you went to 1920, everything would be black and white. Of course, like of it's course. it's ridiculous, but I don't know. There's something about your brain that just, or my brain at least, that just kind of puts it like that. Like if you cross the border, you would look different from everyone else because the art is different. Which is why I'm waiting for there to be a crossover between Scotty Young's world and somebody else. Oh. I really want to see that, and you yeah. know, it's got to happen. It yeah. like, has to happen. I don't want another artist's interpretation of uh, of these characters or the little uh, the, the baby Marvels. Into another world. I want Scotty Young and that artist to work together. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and it's going to happen. You know that it's going to. So that's. Oh man, I would love it. Since the art, I love the art in the Age of Apocalypse world. Probably, it's hard to tell. I love the art in so many of the books, but I really love this to have this and Scotty Young at the same time. It'll be ridiculous. Artistically, I think it actually meshes really well because they're both very animated, just in two completely different directions. Uh, it's like putting like a hardcore anime, like a, one of them real grisly ones, yeah. next to you know like Looney Tunes. Yes, like yes. they're both clearly the same colors, and they both have hard outlines and stuff like that. So there's commonality, but this is so dark. It really is. This it's is so be dark. Awesome. I, I I I would. I don't know how the Little X Men and Little Avengers would would react It'd be to ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. It'll be fun though. Yeah, but like. The, the the story kind of continues. It's a lot of fighting between um, the, uh, the the apocalypse's forces versus the X Men. Um, the the X Men kind of lose at the end of the day, but they do get away with Cipher. So it's you know it's it's not without its its benefits. And the story just kind of can, continues on. It's it, it seems like a lot of these issue twos. They're almost like placeholders, you know? It's like there's going to be a big dramatic ending, yeah. and there's a great beginning because you're being introduced to this world, and then in between you're going to have like an issue where it's like, well, this is just a bridge. So yeah. That's kind of what this is. With um, beautiful art. As far, as far as, you know, like what we've been calling kind of these filler issues, it's definitely better than some of the other ones. There are kind of interesting things that you, you get to discover. You know, there's this kind of cool talk between Cyclops and Wolverine about how Wolverine loses his hand, which I don't remember Age of Apocalypse at all. So I don't remember if that was a thing that was. He definitely, about yeah, that. I remember on one of the covers you can see of the original Age of Apocalypse, he is missing a hand, but no, I don't. He's definitely missing the hand, but I, I couldn't remember how he lost the hand. I thought I remembered that it was Cyclops because I guess an eye blast would probably be about one of the only things that would shear through adamantium. So I, I mean, it's it's possible, but shouldn't like hand and bone grow back? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's always been a thing with this Age of Apocalypse Wolverine. Like, why isn't his hand growing back? Because it looks really cool with it sheared off like that. That's really the only reason that you need. You know, 90s. it looks cool. Yeah, that's it. That's all 90s. you need. Yeah, yeah that's have, all you need. We don't have too many pouches going on around here, so it's fine. True, 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 true. But I mean, it's it's just kind of all continuing the the, the story threads that are built on the first one, which just kind of make you more excited for the third one than you were. After reading uh, the, the the second issue, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so you know more good stuff, and I can't wait for just. I really hope if it, it doesn't have to be these characters or this storyline, but I would really like a continuation of a book with this art style. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sandoval's done other work for Marvel before, right? He has, um, but it's never been it's never been quite like this. It hasn't right. been so reminiscent of the '90s artwork that really I. I kind of got us all in there yeah. uh lastly siege number two uh came out to another kind of filler issue yeah yeah the, a lot of words in this one yeah tons of words but that pretty art feelings yeah the, the pretty art that we have said before was in the 
Rocket Raccoon issue where they were on the ice planet, and that artist who is Andrade, yeah, and beautiful. Just even when I'm not entirely sure what's going on, it's just beautiful, beautiful art. Um, one of the things that I kind of it took me a second to figure out was that it looks like the thing is part of the wall. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Like, I swear, it might have been in the, in the first issue, um, but we, we finally saw the thing. We hadn't been seeing him, him around, and granted, there are many different things. Yeah, now it kind of looks like he was coming out of the wall. Yeah, here's a page. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think that. Yeah. I was watching it, watching it, reading it, guided view on Comixology, and so... I didn't see it all at once. I think it did the big scope like, thing. Yeah. Sometimes are lost. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, right. He is he is part of the wall, and he's coming out of the wall at one point to sort of give him a little heads up about something. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Would you then assume that the entire wall is also the thing? No, I would think he would be a part of. Just I mean, the one wall part is sec- so. One I mean, section. How big is the wall? Like how long? I mean, it's. I, it's, I think they may have said like in the very first words of the very first issue. I don't. Or, or, or maybe of this one or Marvel Zombies. Or but. maybe it's not so much that he's part of the wall, but he can travel through the wall. You know, send his consciousness maybe. around. Here I pop out. Here, here I pop out. It's, there. It's maybe. just a different power that he has. Yeah, this is. Um, they do such a great job with like very brief. Very creepy images because this is the book where she was talking about how Hank had gone over the wall at one point and she was saying how she wished that he hadn't survived and she thinks it might be her fault because she prayed to doom that he would live. Well, he did, but you see him come back and he's this giant, monstrous, uh, zombified monstrosity and she's like... It was hard to kill him, and it would have been hard to kill him if he hadn't been turned into that, but he deserved a better ending than this. But it's just so... They really get into these very disturbing, bleak images of what happens to their friends, you know? That's yeah. like, the worst thing that can happen to you working on the wall is not that you die, is that you wouldn't die. Yeah. Uh, Andre really seems to be the perfect artist for this book, as he's really matching this bleak tone that it has. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Uh, Yeah, I just found that image, which it doesn't even look like Beast anymore. No, the only thing, I mean, luckily they tell you in the the words that that is Beast. If you look carefully, you can see blue fur. Yeah, there's little patches of of blue fur that, but I mean, if if you didn't tell me it was Beast, I would just be like, oh, he's got weird bluish green fur. Yeah, and I I wouldn't think anything of it. Huge teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, and this is another book where I think you could probably sit there and stare at a lot of the big splash pages and find more and more out of it every time you look at it. It's so detailed. Yeah, but just Andre just captures the kind of the loneliness that that Brand has, the scale of the horror that they have to deal with. Like mm-hmm. there's um, there's a couple splash pages, and then towards the beginning there's another one where it was Katie Pride was. Uh, no, it was um, magic. Magic, magic is riding on the back of a monstrous colossus mm-hmm. with like several arms. Um, but at least, and she's a good guy. Like they're scary, but at least they're on uh, the the shield, the yeah. wall side. Yeah. Uh, but just tearing through a, a, a maw of zombies. Yeah, you can see a, a zombie magneto in one yeah. section. Anyone else? Stuff, in I'm, sure. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I see some. Oh, I thought those were horns. No, they're yeah. hands. They're kind of indescript zombies. Yeah, I see somebody with pointy ears. Pointy ears so that could, could be, be Megan from Excalibur, but you never can tell. But could yeah, yeah it could be yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, it's building up. It's a lot of talk kind of building up the tension uh, to this big fast forward. In the end of the last book, we had 20 days until the wall falls. Yeah. Then fast forward um, 15 more days yeah. where uh, Leia, who was um, Bran's kind of right-hand gal, went out into uh, into the... Badlands. The Badlands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To with, with the Hell Rangers to get ahead of this, whatever it, it may be, and she has not come back. So right. this is what actually sparks the the feelings uh, that Bran has towards Leia, towards Hank. She's kind of reminiscing, like, how bad this situation is. Um, and, who, and who was it who had come back, who was uh, traveling through time to give her the message? Kang. Kang doesn't believe that it's real. Yeah. Um, partly because I think Kang doesn't want to believe it's yeah. just because it's such a terrible thing, but also because it means that he went out and he failed. Yeah. And so he refuses the, to believe that. The character of Kang is such an egotistical maniac yeah. that he just uh, can't believe that he can fail. No, no. And he also was like kind of um, um, goading Brant to like take a shot at him at one point because I think yeah. he wants to be in charge and he knows that if she shot at him, he'd have every right to defend himself and then he could just kill her. So yeah, he's, on the, he's on the good guy's side, but really just technically, he's, you know? He's kind of like a Mr. Sinister to Apocalypse. I suppose. Like Sinister always seen, or you know, better yet, Starscream to Megatron. Okay, that's true, yeah. Yes. Starscream technically reports to him, but hopes that he'll fail at every moment. Yeah, so yeah. that he could have a reason to take over, so that Starscream could have the opportunity to uh, to kill uh, Megatron and, and take the lead. Exactly, Where's exactly. Fabulous crown and case. <laughs> Seriously, or his high heels that he wears. And was that <laughs> was that in what was it's, that it's in the newest uh, version? I think was it uh, that wasn't Armada. That was Prime. No. Prime, yes, Prime. Prime. Yeah, he does look fabulous in those heels. He really does. Uh, and the body pillows that you can buy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Any kind of body pillows. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh. any body pillow with a body printed on it yeah they um what was it the the meme that you see going around a while people that you can see at comic-con and mm-hmm. one of them is a guy carrying an anime body pillow through con trying to pretend like it's no big deal yeah <laughs> like we're all looking at you dude we really yeah. are yeah we can't help but kind of question Sorry. you a little yeah just a bit but yeah it builds up uh by the end of the book we have three days because i guess yeah. a little time passes um brand gets knocked out yeah or two days and counting to the wall falls, which is what really grabbed us uh, in the first issue. Like, that's the biggest reason why we were in for a second issue. That, you know, the art, we want to see what can break down the wall mm-hmm. and if the wall will, in fact, break. And I, I really think it will. I mean, they say very clearly there is no hope. And they're definitely doing a Stephen King thing where True. they're like, it's going to go bad and you can't do anything about it, but you're just going to have to wait and watch it happen. Yeah. And if it's anything like Secret Wars, where it was saying the worlds will end mm-hmm. and they in fact did yeah we kept on thinking that something would happen that would prevent we did. it you know we, we didn't really, really believe it 100 no no so that's what they're doing here so yeah. yeah good luck everybody and which you know what either way i'd be kind of cool with if it's a big knockdown fight and the wall falls and characters die and in like this uh epilogue yeah. right epilogue comes after sure yes yeah. um and this this epilogue it talks about how whatever it is tore through different zones and destroyed and killed so many thousands or millions of people. And then just at the end, you know, and then the Lord Doom uh, rose from his throne and 
brushed away the evil back behind the wall. The wall was repaired, and and the struggle continued on. <sighs> like that, that ending, I would also be fine with. I guess, though, that almost seems like a bit of a cheat, though. The it, wall will fall, and everything will end, and then Doom will make it all better. And it'll but be it's fine. happened before. It has, it has, but we don't know. This almost sounds like it's going to be worse. You know, they talked about other times when the wall fell and he pushed him back and whatever, but. They're really trying hard to tell us, no, guys, this is going to be bad. It'll yeah. be very, very bad. So, yeah. I don't so know. we're we're in this this uh, moment of like, how bad is it going to be? And are we going to get to see Doom's limitations? I mean, already we've seen that in the fact that people all over Battleworld are questioning. questioning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he doesn't, he can't fix his own face, and he can't quite cover every single little detail that the human brain will latch onto mm-hmm. to be like, why is this the way it is? So. I think we're going to see more limitations. And I still don't... I don't know. I know that... Are we ever going to see what happened with him in the Beyonders? Uh, I don't know. Um, next week, Secret Wars 5 comes out. Okay. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. I'm hoping... Uh, it'd be... You know what? Me, It would be cool. It'd okay. be cool if we did see it. Um, it's definitely a big thing that is surprisingly kind of glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Doom fighting the Beyonders is almost a miniseries in itself. Yeah, it probably would be. You know, is it... It's going to be the same artist in that one, right? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's the same artist the whole series. I like that artist for almost everything I do except for one thing. What's that? Everybody's so pouty. Like, they really <laughs> are. You see, like, Stephen Strange and he's looking, he's got, like, his mouth all drawn down. I'm like, do something with your face, dude. God. Everybody's so dour. They are, but they're, they're pouting. Like, their lips are all pushed out and everything. Yeah. I'm like, it's getting distracting. Stop that. <laughs> I can't concentrate on it with everybody. Just all this lip all over the place. I think, so. that's, I think that's Jerome Pena. I think. I think. I can't that remember. That sounds right. But everything else is beautiful. But every time someone turns to the screen and they move, down like this I'm like stop it somebody but smile said, yeah. <laughs> seriously anything have a good time have Shit. a different expression God. Yeah. but uh, there's kind of it will kind of mark the tipping point I think for mm-hmm. Secret Wars in general I know that the delay in Secret Wars has also put delays on other of the peripheral books right so they're definitely kind of reaching out and there's a timeline that they're trying to keep um, and considering that of these eight issues, we're now on the other side, coming up to five. Yeah. We're going to start going into the, the, the home stretch, and whatever is going to be revealed will be revealed. Whatever's <laughs> going to fall apart will fall apart. I don't want it to end. I've just been really... I don't. There's never been a big summer event that has ever captured yeah. me the way this one has. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, this is honestly incredible work from Marvel, and I hope that it will be regarded like the old Secret Wars, like uh, like uh, the Infinity Gauntlet saga, like all these old ones like from the 80s that have uh, earned such renown. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like the last 15 years where these events became more and more common, there were ones that people liked, um, but it seems like none of them, a lot of them really just didn't matter six mm. months later. No, no. But then a lot of them are kind of polarizing. People are, are in, other people are out. And I don't know, it just, it just doesn't seem to really have united the Marvel people like this yeah. one has. Yeah. And this one has haters on it. Oh, of course. But Always. It, yeah. just, it doesn't seem to be nearly as many. No. So uh, let us know what your opinions are if you are, in fact, one of those people who are not really a fan of uh, the, the Secret Wars. Uh, or if there are books that you feel need to be discussed more that we're not talking about for good or bad. 
let us know. We are uh, more than interested in hearing your reviews on books. Yeah, you can we, need, con- we need to we need to get something to dilute all of this like love that we're throwing yes. at it. It's getting a little ridiculous. You we know? can't we can't help the fact that we both like the same books because these books are good, They're really good. But we could use a dissenting opinion in there just for something interesting. We absolutely, won't, we won't agree with you, but we welcome your opinion. You can so you right. can absolutely start a conversation uh, here with us on the podcast. You can contact us on Facebook and let us know. Make it brief on Twitter, Google Plus. Uh, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, and of course the email if you've really got uh, something hearty to say. Uh, that is comicissues at gmail.com. Let us know at all those places. Uh, we are very friendly and do not bite. Because <laughs> it's the internet. We yeah, can't. No, that's true. That's true. You're, pre- you're pretty safe. <laughs> what do you think we could do? <laughs> Ooh, but maybe when we see them in person, we could bite if they like that kind of thing. Sure. You know? Sure. I'm not against biting strangers. And we've got a perfect opportunity coming up very shortly, too. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, in two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks from, time uh, of recording. From, uh, yeah, time of recording, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, NerdCon in Escondido, California. Uh, we have a live show at 1230. Show up early because there's cool stuff going on. Yes. It is really impressive um, the, the, the amount that this... First time con, uh, the amount of cosplayers, the amount of vendors, people that are going to be there. I'm thoroughly impressed. Mm, I am. It's really well organized. Yeah. You can definitely tell the guys running it definitely know what they're doing. Yeah. They've really shot for the moon and they've got a lot of stuff that's uh, going to be very cool for this one day event uh, of just good, comic-y, nerdy, nerdy goodness yeah. that we are honored that we get to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, so uh, hit up NerdCon. Um, follow them on uh, Facebook. Uh, they've been kind of giving away uh, coupon codes and stuff like that, so it's more than worth it to uh, to do that. And then come out, have fun, come see us. Yeah, um, I talked the to, best reason to come out. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Twelve thirty for us. Um, I just talked to uh, Janina Scarlett, uh, who unfortunately we do have a panel at the same time, but she's got another panel oh. that will be later. One we'll get to go see. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you are torn uh, between superhero psychology and uh, you know this fun little podcast, uh, you can do both now. Thank you. Can, you can enjoy a little uh, a little of everything. I mean, that made me very sad when I heard that. It was going to be we're going to be at the same time now. We've we've missed her several times at conventions because usually her panels are uh, just full. Yep. They're, yeah. they're not letting anyone else in, or we're busy, you know, with interviews or whatever. We're just not in the area. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to to get to see her. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, so uh, if uh, you've liked any of this, you know it's all on the website comic-issues.com, part of the pixelatedgeek.com network, home of all kinds of stuff from movies, video games, tabletop, so many podcasts. Podcasts just about every day of the week. Just about. Just about. Very close. Uh, we've got. Two Geeks in a Podcast on Monday. We've got Pixel Clicks Podcast on Tuesday. Comic Issues, of course, you know, is every Wednesday. We've got uh, the Binary System Podcast on Thursday and Movie Issues on every Friday. We got you covered. Good, good, good podcast and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so make sure you subscribe to all those on iTunes uh, and us uh, also on Stitcher and uh, German sites that yep. also... Things. I have to look that up to see if that's still a thing. We always say that. We're like, and we're German yeah. sites. At least because it's, one it's, time, you know. It's fun to think that we're internationally known. I think it's awesome. Because we cool. do also, in fact, rock a microphone. Yes. Yes. Uh, so on that lousy joke, uh, <laughs> until next week, I'm Anthony Silva. Elizabeth Wallace. And good evening.